The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here. Welcome back to Killers Amongst Us, a production of iHeartMedia and Crime Online. Hotshot football star David Temple, now the prime suspect in his wife's gruesome murder. There's a trial, but the case is not a slam dunk for prosecutors. But why? The story was, according to David Temple, at the very time he was out with his sick son, running errands that didn't need to be run. A random burglar just happened to break into his house and shoots Belinda Temple in the back of the head when she's eight months pregnant while David Temple is having an affair with the woman he was madly in love with. Police never found the murder weapon, a 12-gauge shotgun. I'm Nancy Grace, and this is Killers Amongst Us. Linda's parents, Tom and Carol Lucas, suspected David after they learned he had betrayed their daughter. The Lucases did all they could to keep the case alive. They paid for a billboard next to a busy highway, and they took television crews to their daughter's grave. I love you, babe. But nothing changed until November 2004, more than five years after the murder, when a case in California caught the nation's attention. He is charged with killing his wife, Lacey. Guilty of the crime of murder. Scott Peterson was convicted of killing his pregnant wife, Lacey. The Lucases saw parallels to their case and contacted the prosecutors once again. Welcome back. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Killers Amongst Us. The mystery surrounding the murder of a beautiful young pregnant mom of one, Belinda Temple, seemingly subsides. Years pass, the case grows cold. Not only does Scott Peterson and Lacey Peterson come to the forefront, but during those years, something else happens. And in the spring of 2001, two years after Belinda's murder, David Temple weds his girlfriend, Heather. Heather and David married in a ceremony, a country club wedding that her parents threw. Only two of his fellow coaches showed up. A lot of them declined. The reason was that there was this cloud hanging over them from Belinda's murder. People were still wondering, had David been involved? 
Over the next three years, David and Heather move on from the violent crime and happily settle into their new life together. Then in November 2004, an event takes place in California that radically changes prosecutors' understanding of Belinda's case. A jury convicts Scott Peterson of murdering his wife, Lacey, who was eight months pregnant. The similarities to Belinda Temple's case are striking. Scott Peterson is convicted of doing precisely the same thing that they believe David has done. You had uh, women who were both pregnant, about ready to deliver children. Both Scott Peterson and David Temple were having affairs at the time that their wives were murdered. And suddenly, it appears feasible that a jury will believe this, that they will understand that David Temple may have murdered his wife. Well, that's just a theory. There's nothing so far to support a claim that David Temple murdered his wife. David Temple going on with his life, marrying his lover, the mistress he had during his marriage with Belinda Temple, but still, no prosecution. This time, she had no murder weapon to work with. He didn't have the gun. No. No incriminating fingerprints. There is no DNA evidence. And no eyewitnesses. So what did you have against him? A story that he told that never made any sense. What didn't make any sense about it? The story was, according to David Temple, at the very time he was out with his sick son running errands that didn't need to be run, a random burglar just happened to break into his house and shoots Belinda Temple in the back of the head when she's eight months pregnant while David Temple is having an affair with the woman he was madly in love with. To Catherine Casey joining us, author of Shattered that dissects this case, well, she's right. It doesn't make sense, but that's not enough for a felony murder prosecution. No, but there was that evidence of the glass and the question about why the door was open, why a burglar would break an open door. And the timeline here was really interesting. Uh, On Friday, January 8th, just three days before Belinda's murder, Heather Scott told police that David had said that he had totally fallen in love with her and that she said she felt the same way. So it was only three days after he pledged his love to another woman that this happened. The likelihood that a burglar would pick that day to break into the house and kill Belinda seemed a little strange to be blunt. Well, there's even more. Dick DeGuerin, buckle up. Was there insurance money? Yeah, there was insurance Who money. Who got it? All, it all went, almost all went to uh, Evan, the, the, uh, uh, the, the, the young boy. Really? Because I heard only 60000 of the 200000 went to a trust, and that was after twisting somebody's arm. No, that's not right. Uh, the uh, Temple family and David uh, sought to have it put into trust, and mm-hmm. part of it went to the original attorney in the case, but uh, that's because from the very beginning, the police were falsely accusing David. Why did he need a defense lawyer there at the house the night before the funeral? He lawyered up pretty fast, Dick. Well, he sure did because they were accusing him from the beginning. And they were accusing him only because they say that when uh, a wife is murdered, the husband is always a suspect. They didn't have any evidence then. What about the gunshot powder? They, they don't have any evidence now. I don't believe that stuff, Nancy. In the first place, uh, they won't give it to us. They won't I got uh, tell the arrest affidavit it. right here. Yeah, you've got the affidavit, but you don't have the you test. They're lying. And we've been asking for the test. We filed a motion 
asking that they give us the test, let us independently test it. It came from a, their test Dick, came from a Dick. questionable source, the are FBI you, Are you going to say cross-contamination? Because I haven't heard sure. that since Cochran said it in the OJ. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge. Enjoy Zen nicotine pouches for 10 days and discover a fresher way to experience nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Here's how to get started with the Zen 10 Challenge. Simply pick your strength and varieties online and check out. Once your Zen nicotine pouches arrive in the mail, enjoy pure nicotine satisfaction at your leisure. After your 10-day trial, let us know what you think. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com to start your new journey today with the Zen 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. evidence then. What about the gunshot powder? They, they don't have any evidence now. I don't believe that stuff, Nancy. In the first place, uh, they won't give it to us. They won't I got uh, tell the arrest affidavit right here. Yeah, you've got the affidavit, but you don't have the you test. They're lying. We've been asking for the test. We filed a motion asking that they give us the test, let us independently test it. It came from a, their test Dick, came from a Dick. questionable source, the are FBI you, Are you going to say cross-contamination? Because I haven't heard sure. that since Cochran said it in the O.J. Simpson trial. There, I'm going round and round with a defense attorney, Dick DeGarren, a famous defense attorney, to Joseph Scott Morgan, for instance, expert. Tell me about the gunshot residue. Yeah, the gunshot residue is significant in this case, Nancy, just as I'd mentioned that uh, that it was deposited on the clothing. Uh, and the big question is, can we trust what the findings are relative to the suspect? To Catherine Casey, author of Shattered, what's the problem with the findings on gunshot residue? Well, there there is this theory about uh, cross-contamination, and the FBI lab at that point was having problems with that. The clothing was sent off to the FBI lab, and they did come back and, and say that they found it on the warm-up suit or windsuit that David wore that day to school. Oh, I don't know. Brandi Chioncini, owner of the Katy Times, ultimately was it determined that the gunshot residue test showing residue on David Temple's warm-up suit was believable or not? Did was it usable? Well, the prosecutor certainly believed that it was uh, viable, but they didn't necessarily believe that it was usable. Well, actually, that makes sense uh, to Steve Lampley, detective and author. Sometimes you have evidence that you think is very powerful, but you know putting it up in front of a jury is opening a can of worms you don't want to open. And I, I really believe that that gunshot residue was very powerful. But with all the issues of cross-contamination at that particular lab, 
it could have caused more problems for police than help them. Well, Nancy, it could have. You're, and you're looking at potentially bringing in FBI uh, experts from the lab to explain how they processed it. And, and given the fact that they were having issues with cross-contamination during that period of time, uh, you're opening up a lot of you're opening up a lot of gray area. There. I mean, sometimes you've got powerful evidence, but it's not worth the damage it can do to a case to bring it in. So, Brandy Keonsini, owner of the KD Times, is it true that David Temple, the night before Belinda's funeral, gets a defense lawyer? He does a defense lawyer. Uh, he actually got a defense lawyer as soon as he left uh, the police station. He immediately went out and got one. Wow. What can you tell me about that, Catherine Casey? Well, you know, it was an odd interview scene that night. They did it at one of the substations, and the family, half the family showed up there, and everybody rallied around David. And, yes, by the time David walked out of the substation, they had already put in a call to a defense attorney. Wow. You know, because to Joseph Scott Morgan, I would think that a loving husband would do anything to help find his wife's killer not run out and get a defense lawyer. Yeah, you would think that, Nancy. Uh, but sometimes uh, when you're staring down the, staring down a detective on the other side of the table, it gives you pause just for a second. Uh, are they looking at me? Is this guy bright enough to assess that at that moment in time? Or was he attempting to hide something that would, uh, you know, otherwise, uh, you know, thwart uh, what the police are trying to do? It's real hard to ascertain that. Questions swirling, police doing everything they can, building a timeline, canvassing the neighborhood, going door to door, bringing in crime scene tech experts, pulling surveillance video. To Catherine Casey, another issue is the insurance money. You just heard me going around and around with Dick DeGuerin, uh, that's no easy feat, about insurance money, insurance money on Belinda Temple's life. Now, ultimately, some of that may have been put into trust, but the reality is Temple knew about it, and he would have control of the money. Well, he, he did know, and he would have control. I, I don't know that money would have been a primary motive, but certainly it, it could have been a factor. Uh, he did go out after Belinda was murdered, and he bought himself a new truck. And people noticed that. Went out and bought a new truck. That doesn't look good, Catherine Casey. I mean, maybe I'm just projecting. But after the murder of my fiancé just before our wedding, I couldn't even eat. I couldn't even think. Much less go out and buy a new car. There was a lot of odd behavior. Neighbors saw David and his brothers throwing a football around, kind of tossing it back and forth on the front lawn of the house where Belinda had died just days after after the killing. And people at uh, school saw Heather and David kind of having little tete-a-tete and talking in the hallways at school very quickly after. Uh, David sent Heather flowers for Valentine's Day a month after his wife had been murdered. Okay, just stop everything right there. <laughs> Joseph Scott Morgan, did you hear that? Yes, I do, Nancy. Yes, I do. Uh, it doesn't exactly sound like a grieving husband, does it? Uh, that you would go out of your way. Your wife is not even cold in the ground at this point, metaphorically speaking, of course. And you go out and you buy somebody flowers? Give me a break. I mean, it hasn't even been a month. Uh, to Catherine Casey, who was taking care of the baby at this time? Evan. David and Evan had moved into the his, his parents' house 
and uh, they were helping out with Evan. And Evan was back at daycare. Uh, he was back at Tigerland Daycare where he'd been the day of the murder. I guess that gives David Temple plenty of time to woo his girlfriend. There was a big dichotomy about Heather Scott. Listen. Temple's defense team says Temple did not kill his wife, and his affair with Scott wouldn't have been reason to kill anyway because their relationship wasn't serious. Well, Temple is claiming he and Heather Scott were not, quote, serious. Well, he's sleeping with her every chance he can get. He gives her flowers and jewelry. She says she doesn't want to live this way anymore. He says, you don't have to. And then, just two years after his wife is murdered, they get married. That sounds pretty serious to me, Catherine. Well, you know, it sounded pretty serious, I think, to everybody. It's really hard in the court. Well, the, the idea that they weren't serious just didn't play out. They married. Uh, she became Evan's mother. They had a life together. And that Christmas before uh, Belinda's death, he bought Heather a gold necklace for Christmas. And Belinda mentioned to a couple of people that he bought her nothing, that she had no gift. So, you know, their contention that this wasn't a serious relationship just didn't play well for investigators. What is the state's theory? A story that he told that never made any sense. What didn't make any sense about it? The story was, according to David Temple, at the very time he was out with his sick son running errands that didn't need to be run, a random burglar just happened to break into his house and shoots Belinda Temple in the back of the head when she's eight months pregnant while David Temple is having an affair with the woman he was madly in love with. She believes Belinda Temple was killed around 4 p.m., about a half hour before David was seen by those surveillance cameras at the stores. Once Belinda was dead, Siegler says, Temple went right to work, concocting his alibi. David Temple made a sweep through the house and made an attempt to make the house look like it had been burglarized. He broke the glass in the back door, and then he took Evan to try and get himself on videotape to alibi himself as quickly as he could. To Catherine Casey, author of Shattered, how does the investigation affect the marriage between David Temple and his girlfriend-turned-wife? Well, there's got to be a lot of pressure on the marriage at that point. I mean, uh, they're they're looking at a trial looming ahead. They're, they're, you know, people are looking at them wondering what David did. Here they've started this life. They've, they're, they've joined the church in the area. They're projecting this image of this perfect young couple with their son. Uh, but, you know, those rumors and, and the gossip about David's previous wife about the killing never really left them. Take a listen to what Belinda's parents tell me. When was the first time you saw David Temple after you learned Belinda had been murdered? I saw David Temple at the uh, funeral home the night before uh, the funeral. Now, that strikes me as very unusual that you that he didn't come to you or didn't, did he call you maybe? No. Nothing. How did he act at the funeral, Mrs. Lucas? Just like any other day of the week, I'd say. Didn't seem to be sad or anything. What was he like at the funeral? No, sheer, no tears were shed. Not uh, a tear. I never saw a tear shed. David Temple has never looked us in the eye since our daughter was married. Or murdered, excuse me. Never has looked you in the eye? Mm -hmm. No. Do you think Belinda knew he was having an affair during the marriage? 
I think she had become aware of it. Do you think that is what led to her death? I feel that that could have been part of the reason. When you look at all the facts, do you think David Temple murdered your daughter? After looking at all the facts and reading what I've read, I believe David Temple killed Belinda. You can hear the parents' voices just heavy with pain. And maybe I'm projecting, but I remember at the murder trial when my fiance Keith had been murdered, when I got down off the witness stand and was walking out, I looked right at the defendant because I had never seen him before. And he could not look me in the eye. He looked down at his lap. Then I looked at all his defense lawyers sitting all around him. They did the same thing. They all looked down like they were suddenly reading something. And I'm listening to what Belinda's parents are telling me that even at the funeral, Temple did not speak to them and would not look them in the eye. Now, that's before he was ever under suspicion. That was before he was arrested. This was just days after the death. I mean, Brandy Keon, Sini, owner of the KD Times, what does that tell you? Well, it tells me that uh, he might have very well had something to hide. What about it, Catherine? I think, I think it's an indication of feeling guilty, of feeling uh, that to look them in the eye might have revealed too much. You know, it's been said, Catherine Casey, author of Shattered, that no one ever said no to David Temple. Well, you know, he was a football star. He was a big shot in Katy, Texas, where, foot, where football is God, where football is king. And he was indulged as a child. So I think that's a fair statement. What about it, Joe Scott Morgan? Yeah, I think that in this context, this guy was, you know, the king of the county in this area. He had always been given everything and anything that he wanted big football star college football star and he just felt like he could do anything that he wanted i think kelly signer uh you know she sniffed this out she understood that this guy was narcissistic enough to believe that he could actually get away with murder police never found the murder weapon a 12-gauge shotgun during trial, prosecutors finally find a witness who could corroborate that David Temple had access to such a gun. A friend of the family who used to hunt with the Temple boys came forward, and he said that he remembered the shotguns that they had used to hunt with, the ones that the, the three brothers had, and that they were all 12-gauge shotguns. This testimony was incredibly important because it was the first time that the prosecutors had been able to put a 12-gauge shotgun in David Temple's hands. To this day, the murder weapon has never been found. But in court, prosecutors theorized that David Temple disposed of it the afternoon of the murder while he was out running errands. David was seen by a high school friend that afternoon at about 5 o'clock in his pickup truck. But the really interesting thing was that it was north, farther north than he was supposed to be. David was seen in an area that's surrounded by rice fields. Why is he going to where all the rice fields and canals are? You know, we always believe that he went there to get rid of the shotgun. Our friends from SCORN, that's Nicole Blackman. Catherine Casey, what can you tell me about this rice field? There are rice fields all around uh, uh, David Temple's childhood home. 
And he was seen in that area when he wasn't supposed to be there the day of the murder. So there were a lot of the police officers and those investigating the case at the time, the shotgun was integral. The, the murder weapon was a big deal. The prosecutors were demanding it to go forward at that time. And so they spent many, many days searching those rice fields trying to find that shotgun. They looked down wells, they looked in ditches, they did everything they could, but they were never able to find it. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge. Enjoy Zen nicotine pouches for 10 days and discover a fresher way to experience nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Here's how to get started with the Zen 10 Challenge. Simply pick your strength and varieties online and check out. Once your Zen nicotine pouches arrive in the mail, enjoy pure nicotine satisfaction at your leisure. After your 10-day trial, let us know what you think. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at zyn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com to start your new journey today with the Zen 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Joe Scott Morgan, is it fatal to a prosecution not to have the murder weapon? I don't know that it's necessarily fatal, Nancy, but you got to admit, you've spent enough time in front of juries. Juries want to see the weapon. I think that it can be very damaging to a case to be absent that. So it's a real tough uphill battle for the prosecution. The case goes to trial with or without a murder weapon. Listen to this. David Temple did not kill his wife, Belinda Temple, and the evidence will show you that he did not. It's true that David had an affair. That doesn't make him a murderer. Not only did Temple cheat on his wife, but a year and a half after Belinda was killed, he married Heather Scott, his one-time mistress. She was the reason why David Temple finally made up his mind to end his marriage with Belinda by executing her. It doesn't look good, and that's what the prosecutor harped on all during the trial. Siegler actually called Heather to the stand. We weren't allowed to record the witness's audio, but the former mistress downplayed the affair. That was just so, come on, so contrived. Nobody in the courtroom bought that. As a matter of fact, David Temple and Heather Scott, his new wife, were having troubles of their own. The uh, spokesperson for the victim's family called this latest twist stunning but our legal analysts suggest that how important this new information ends up being really depends on what ends up getting said on the witness stand there is only one person on this earth who could have done this in a criminal case that's already seen plenty of twists the second betrayal is law enforcement's betrayal of us 
Now another one. And certainly yesterday was uh, quite a stunning surprise to everybody. Heather Temple, David Temple's second wife, filed for divorce yesterday in a Fort Bend County court. The filing claims their marriage, quote, has become insupportable because of discord or conflict of personalities. Heather Temple's attorneys told KHOU they're aware of the divorce filing timing with the trial, but are asking for privacy. We're hopeful that with the filing for divorce, she'll be more candid, more forthcoming, and certainly more factual with what she truly does now. Victims advocate Andy Kahn has represented Belinda Lucas Temple's family since Belinda's murder. At that time, Heather was having an affair with David. Wow, that's from KHOU reporter Adam Bennett. So in the middle of the trial, Catherine Casey, the second wife, after all that, files for divorce? She did, and it was stunning. Uh, the gossip mills were going crazy that day. People were wondering if this would affect what she'd say once she got onto the stand. But the reality is, it's not her privilege to advance. In other words, if she tried to testify about knowledge regarding Belinda's murder, it's David Temple who invokes the privilege to stop her from testifying to anything that occurred or was said during their marriage. Did it change her testimony, Catherine? No, it didn't at all. What, what had happened between the two of them during uh, Belinda's death was actually prior to their marriage, so it wasn't covered under, under that protection. And she testified just as, as she was expected to at the trial. Which was what? That they had had this affair and that uh, she was in love with him. She told David she was in love with him, and he said he was in love with her. She claimed that he had never told her that he had murdered, um, you know, his wife. That, uh, you know, she saw that she didn't see the affair at the time as... Uh, you know, a motive for anything. She didn't suspect that he had murdered Belinda. Take a listen to KPRC2, Brandon Walker. In a case that's all about competing timelines, uh, Heather Scott Temple's testimony is key for the prosecution because it confirms that David Temple was unfaithful to a pregnant Belinda Temple in the months leading to her death. So thus for George, they're establishing cause. Maybe Temple killed his pregnant wife because he no longer wanted to be married. Maybe he didn't want a second child. David Temple sat and listened as the woman who no longer longer wants to be his missus, testified for the prosecution in the fall of 1998. Then Heather Scott and David Temple began an extramarital affair. Scott was a teacher where Temple coached football and email exchanges admitted into evidence, pieced together a courtship, starting with happy hours, although the two would soon become intimate. Did you notice that he kind of came and went as he wanted, asked the prosecution. I mean, I guess, Scott Temple said. I can't really speak to that relationship, referring to Temple's marriage. David Temple made a sweep through the house and made a, an attempt to make the house look like it had been burglarized. He broke the glass in the back door, and then he took Evan and went to some places there in Katy to try and get himself on videotape to alibi himself as quickly as he could. That plan failed, she says, when a witness who went to the same high school as Temple said he saw him driving about a mile off the route Temple said he drove that day, but close to these rice fields. Well, what do you think he was doing out there? I think that's where he went to get rid of the shotgun. But you never found the shotgun. Do you know how many rice fields there are in Katy, Texas? And creeks and ponds? That lack of a murder weapon hurts at trial. And then comes evidence regarding an interview. 
Detectives also talked to Daniel Glasscock, the man who gave to Garen that videotaped statement. They Nancy made Grace, an audio tape of us. this interview. Sign uh, up. Goodbye. For and also, what do you believe your goal was in talking to Mr. Glasscock? Bring Mr. Glasscock down. After five hours of talking, Glasscock wavered on a lot of the details. Darren did not tell me, do not say this, do not say that, but I just feel like words were being put in my mouth. When I heard that that witness not only recanted, but that witness admitted that Dick DeGuerin was the person who fed him the details of the murder case, I was pretty disgusted. To Catherine Casey, author of Shattered, who was in the courtroom, what was David Temple's demeanor in court, and did he take the stand? He did take the stand, uh, and Kelly Siegler was able to cross-examine him. And he actually did very well during his testimony. He held up pretty well. Uh, she went after him, especially about the timeline. In his original statement, he said that Belinda got home at 345. That statement was given the night of murder. On the stand, he pushed it back, and he said she got home closer to 4 o'clock, which would have, of course, tightened the timeline and made it less likely that he could have murdered Belinda. At any time, did you see David Temple break down in tears, show any emotion when the photos, the death photos of his wife were shown, or even when the medical examiner took the stand? You know, the only time I saw David Temple cry uh, was during the playing of the 911 call when his own voice was ringing through the courtroom and pounding off those walls. Uh, then he was practically sobbing. But the rest of the time, uh, he would look around the courtroom, stare at the person on the stand, or look down at the legal pad where he would write suggestions for Dick DeGuerin. So let me understand this. Steve Lampley, uh, detective and author of Outside Your Door, he only breaks down when he hears his own voice? He cries about himself? Nancy, he obviously had no remorse uh... And that's my contention all along. And he had no remorse. He had a purpose. He wanted her dead so he could have this relationship with this other woman. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he uh, for whatever reason, he cried on his own voice, but certainly not for Listen. her. Listen. Harris County 911 Police Fire Ambulance. Somebody's broken into my house. My wife has been shot. I just walked in. My wife, I believe she's been shot. It's got blood everywhere. Okay, sir, is she breathing? Her brain is on the floor. I think she's already dead. She's eight months pregnant. She's dead. Okay. And she's eight months pregnant? Yes. We got a baby, though, right? Right. Okay. Okay. But I don't... Do you know how to do CPR? Yes. Okay. I want you to do CPR for that baby. Okay. Okay? Yes. Let's do... Are you doing CPR for me? She's gone. Okay. Well, let's see if we can use her, okay, for the baby. <laughs> is there any way that you can do this? She's, she, there's, it's just no way. She's got her, her brain and just blood is just covered on the floor. We, the jury, find the defendant, David Mark Temple, guilty of murder as charged in the indictment. At the end of the jury trial, David Temple found guilty, but doubts persist. The reality is Catherine Casey, as overjoyed as Belinda's parents were at the original guilty verdict, that case was reversed. Why? Well, you know, uh, there were there were allegations made by the defense team that evidence wasn't given over as it should have been during discovery before the trial started, 
and that Dick DeGuerin was kind of, you know, taken off balance because of it. Uh, it was because of a rule in the Harris County DA's office at the time that the defense attorneys weren't entitled to, like, witness statements until the witness testified. I think it was a bad policy. And the appeals court decided that uh, the defense claims were right, and they ruled in favor, and they set aside the verdict. And that meant that it went back to the prosecutor's office here in Harris County, and they had to decide whether or not to follow through with a second trial. You know, Brandy Keonsini, owner of the KD Times, it's so easy for a prosecutor to just try to take a cheap plea or to, quote, lose a case when there has been a reversal. But that is not what local prosecutors did. Did they take the case back to trial? They absolutely did. Um, they did that, and it lasted several weeks. And they just they were determined to uh, make sure that they got a conviction. A second time. Because of the claims that ended up reversing the original trial, local prosecutors handed the case over to the attorney general to try. To Catherine Casey, did you see any change in strategy second time around? You know, the case was basically the same, except more was brought in about Riley Joe Sanders, the neighborhood kid. Um, the defense team used a lot of that information throughout the trial to try to set up this scenario of another viable suspect. The second jury trial of David Temple was just as hard fought. Take a listen to this, our friends at CBS. We, the jury, find the defendant, David Mark Temple, guilty of murder as charged in the indictment. For the second time, David Temple is convicted of killing his pregnant wife back in 1999. Belinda was eight months pregnant when she was shot in the back of her head in her closet in Katy. Investigators soon learned her husband, a high school football coach, had been having an affair with a fellow teacher. The phone call I got that night at 10 minutes to 9 on Monday night of January 11th, I said he was guilty then. And 20 and a half years later, David Temple was still guilty. Belinda's brother Brian says he never lost hope, even after Temple's first conviction was thrown out. He says justice may have been delayed, but today... It was finally served again. This day's about Belinda. This has nothing to do with David Temple. Yet, even after a second guilty verdict, David Temple manages to get a bond hearing. Now, that sent shockwaves through the community, Catherine Casey, when this guy, twice convicted of his wife's murder, gets a bond hearing. And then letters are read in court about how great David Temple is but they were countered by letters from the victim's father and the community. What happened at the bond hearing? Well, you know, I've never seen this happen before, but the jury came back with their guilty verdict, and then there was a mistrial on the sentencing. Judge, severe violence has already been done to most, which is underlined, of our conscience to even get this far. We believe it is a total fluke, a one in a thousand chance that this group of jurors was assembled. We know the price of mistrial of we know the price a mistrial carries. We know it will put families through weeks of hell again, but for the sentence, we can and are willing to accept it. It is worth it. We believe any other jury assembled could do this job properly and deliver the proper or even reasonable sentence. Two yeah. jurors are not willing to budge at all. There is nothing more we can do. 
It is best for our fa all. It is best for all families involved as well as society to give someone else a try. We will keep deliberating until you tell us otherwise. And that's signed, uh, the foreman. So David Temple was not going to be sentenced for, uh, for another eight months. And during that time under Texas law, he was actually eligible for a bond. So they were looking at putting someone who had just been convicted of murder out back on the streets of Harris County again. And people were upset. This was, you know, a major uh, disappointment for the family and for everybody involved. Uh, at the bond hearing, uh, the defense brought in witnesses who testified that they didn't, still didn't believe that David was guilty and that he was just this great guy and that he ought to be given a bond. His brother, uh, older brother, got on the stand and said that he would be willing to put up some money toward a bond. Uh, the judge was in the position where she had a defendant who'd been convicted of murder, but he was entitled to a bond. And then the prosecutor got up and said, this has changed. This is no longer a defendant who's been, uh, you know, indicted for a, a, a murder. This is a convicted killer. And, you know, she argued that, therefore, this bond had to be high. Um, the judge came back and agreed with the prosecution and set the bond at $1 million. So once again, the family is left hanging high and dry. You know, I'm always leery of retrials many, many years after the fact, and I've, I've had to do them myself. I remember uh, I had not been at the prosecutor's office very long when a case that went down, the murder of an Atlanta police officer's brother, this is before I was even in law school, had to put that case back together again and retry it. That is hard to do. Evidence lost, witnesses' memories fade. It's really hard to do, but the prosecutors in this case hung in there. A dramatic retrial finds high school football coach, the superstar of the region, guilty in the murder of his pregnant wife all the way back in 1999 so he could continue his affair with his so-called hot co-worker, David Temple, now convicted for shooting his eight-month pregnant wife, Belinda, in the back of the head, killing her. Take a listen to our friends at ABC. It was brutal. You could hear a pin drop. Just a never-ending nightmare. I was dumbfounded. I, I, that was the last thing I expected. Evan may have touched them. The fact that the jury became aware that he had already served 10 years had to have had an impact. I know that two people were at probation. There were six in the middle of 30 to 40 years, and then four wanted life. Twice convicted, still unsentenced? I don't understand that. He's still convicted, and an entirely new jury is now going to be put in to evaluate what punishment he should get. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. David Temple is a cold-blooded, diabolical murderer who deserves to spend the rest of his life in prison. His family can visit him. Belinda's family has to visit her in a grave. No matter what the sentence is for David Temple, his son, Evan, whether he knows it or not, got life. 
still no justice for Belinda Temple. Nancy Grace, Killers Amongst Us, signing off. Goodbye, friend. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress, a collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The natural hybrid is made from natural latex, natural wool, and environmentally safe foams. The natural hybrid elevates your sleep and supports. Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy to learn more. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash nancy.